tonight here at Ground Zero meetings, we're going to continue along the, the, the teachings of the steps. Tonight we're going to be um, talking about and investigating step 12. Step 12 is that having had a spiritual experience as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to all others and practice these principles in all of our affairs. You know, that step 12 is the, a key principle, not just in Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or, or Celebrate Recovery, but as Christians. You know, as, as we've had this spiritual experience, you know, that we want to tell people about it. You know, if we're sports fans or that we have a team that we really like, we tell people about that team. You know, we wear sweatshirts about that team. You know, people know that what team we believe in. You know, if we went out to dinner, you know, and we had an awesome meal, we tell people, hey, go check out this restaurant. If we saw a movie and it was awesome, we tell people that this movie was awesome. If we saw a movie and it sucked, we tell people, don't go see that. Don't waste your money. You know, so on some level, how much more important is Jesus in our lives? You know, and Jesus is a complicated topic. You know, people don't want to hear what we have to say. You know, and it's learning to, you know, be respectful, but yet be bold. You know, it's learning to interweave our testimony and things that we say and things that we do. But if people only know that we're Christians by the words that are coming out of our mouths, we're still doing something wrong. That people should be able to tell that there's something different about us. Because we've had this spiritual experience. Now, there's many Christians out there that believe. But I think that there's a difference between belief and faith. You know, there's a, a quote that says, you know, that, Basically, that Christians make atheists. You know, that they can't believe in God because of the way we act. That we profess this, this Jesus and this loving God, and yet we live a completely different way. You know, having this spiritual experience. You know, the, the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, it explains it you know, as a personality change. You know, if we've come to Christ... And we've worked 12 steps in our lives, and people cannot tell that we're different. There's something different. There's something wrong. We're, we haven't truly done the 12 steps, and we don't really know Jesus. That we may be practicing some recovery principles in our lives, and we may be going to church. But if the people that know us the best can't really see a huge difference in who we are because of what happened and what it's like now, and that there's something missing, and we need to reevaluate how much effort, how much work, how honest, how searching and fearless we've been through our steps. Because by the time you get to this stage in your walk with Christ and in your walk in recovery, you should be a completely different person. You know, that it's important that we're allowing this process to change us, you know, and that we we share the results of these steps. 
you know, these steps is a tool. This tool is an important tool for me. There's many other tools. You know, there's many different ways. You know, you can go to this Christian rehab or this Christian facility or get follow this Christian author's, you know, pathway to freedom. And there's hundreds, if not thousands, of people that have found freedom following that tool. And there's nothing wrong with any tool that's finding helping you to grow in Christ and giving you some freedom. You know, we're here tonight because we believe that the 12 steps is a very powerful tool. You know, through my years of walking in the steps, I've used other tools. You know, there's other authors and there's other principles that people have applied, that I've applied to my walk with God that just adds to my ability to walk in freedom. You know, I worked steps in recovery without Jesus. And I'll be honest, I found some freedom. You know, I, I came to know that there must be some sort of higher power in AA. I walked into AA many, many years ago as an atheist. You know, and slowly these principles started to work in my life. And I came to a place and I realized that I need God. That I cannot change certain aspects of my life in my own power. That I need a power greater than myself. You know, and I began to seek God, as AA taught me. God couldn't, what if he were sought? I began to go down all these different paths trying to figure out God. So AA brought me to God, but my sin brought me to Jesus. That even in recovery, and even having a higher power, I still did a lot of crazy things. It's only Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that worked on lying, that worked on fornication and immorality, it worked on perversion. It worked on stealing. I've been a thief since I was five years old. I stole everything I could touch. If it wasn't nailed down, I was taken. If it was nailed down, I'd try to figure out how to take it when you weren't looking. You know, Jesus is the only thing that set me free from stealing. You know, that the power of the Holy Spirit and working those principles in my life have set me free on a whole nother level. You know, that we have to learn to carry this message. You know, that we can carry this message without always talking. You know, how many times have you been in a situation with somebody that doesn't have any, you know, influence with the 12 steps or, or the rooms on any level, and you're like, that person needs a program. Most of us have said it at least once, if not a 100 times. And you try to, like, you know, you should do this or you should do that. It's like, oh, I don't need it. You know, I see a lot of the times with people that have alcoholics or addicts in their families, and they truly need Al-Anon. Oh, not my problem. It's their problem. And if they would really work their own program and stop enabling the, the person that they love so much, would probably get help quicker. You know, that there's programs out there that are specifically geared towards helping in certain ways. You know, Celebrate Recovery many, many years ago, you know, stepped out of AA in a sense, and they created a Christ-safe environment that used the 12 steps because talking about Jesus isn't always the safest in the rooms these days. <clears throat> but what it did is that it brought the 12 steps into the church. And that a lot of Christians started working some steps and they started finding some freedom in Christ where Christ alone, without practicing these principles in all our affairs, hasn't changed us. 
you know, the history of AA and, and, you know, the Oxford group and the Washingtonians were like tent revival meetings. They were Holy Ghost powered meeting, meetings and that people are getting set free, but they didn't work principles in their lives and they found themselves falling back into bondage of drugs and alcohol. So where AA came up and, and, and started something a little bit different is they made this this tool that as you worked this tool in your life and started working with other alcoholics, that the people that were helping other people found freedom. And it's really a, a biblical principle is that we're to go and share Christ with people. And as I teach you about Jesus, my walk with Jesus becomes more alive. That the Bible tells us to go and make disciples. And a lot of times it's like, I go to church. You know, and, well, I'm not an evangelist. And, you know, that's not my calling. Well, the Bible tells us it is. So you have to take that up with Jesus. You know, and some of us have a gift for it. And some of us, you know, you could be discipling your neighbor. You could be discipling, you know, people that are close to you. And you, you don't have to, like, say, I'm discipling you. You just start talking to them. You start building a relationship with them. You know, and then they see that we're different. They see that there's something about this Jesus that we're always talking about, that, that we handle things a little bit different, that we walk through life with a different type of grace, that... And they hear parts of our story and they, they see us and they're like, I can't see you living that way. You know, one of the greatest things that I heard is a young woman in the church as I was sharing parts of my story. And they were dead serious and like, I can't picture you being that person. Honestly, today, you know, in the rooms, someone had said, you know, that Tom is a completely different person than when he walked into these rooms. You know, and it made me tear up. It made me cry because Jesus has done such a work in my life that you cannot see the old Tom. Am I perfect? No. Do things come out sometimes? Absolutely. I am a sinner saved by grace. You know, I still have moments where I'm a wretch. I still need Jesus in areas of my life. But there's less and less these days. I don't fall into sin the way that I used to. I don't let sin take me to places that I don't want to go like I used to. I don't let my emotions take me to places I don't want to go. You know, that it, it's important that we're learning to carry this message. You know, through the years, as I've been trying to teach other people how to find Jesus and how to work steps, this message has grown stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger in me. You know, and I take from whatever I can, you know, principles over personalities. You know, you take what you can and you leave the rest. You chew up the meat and you spit out the bones. You know, there's parts of Alcoholics Anonymous that I love. There's parts of Alcoholics Anonymous I don't agree with. You know what? It doesn't matter what I think. I take what works for me. And I work the best program I can. And I carry a message that this has helped set me free. I also say I needed church. I needed Jesus. I needed the Bible to help me to have a better understanding of what a relationship with God was. Now, people sometimes come up to me like, you know, that's not, you know, that's an outside issue. And I'm like, it's outside for you. This is an inside issue for me. And my saying is, 
AA told me I needed a higher power. And now I got one. And you're going to have to listen to me talk about it. So if you want to blame anybody, you can blame yourself. You know, I got Jesus. I'm sorry, but that's your fault. If you would have just left me alone in my atheism, I would have been miserable, and you'd never have to hear me be happy, joyous, and free with Jesus. So go home and be miserable all by your lonesome, because I don't care what you think. Because I'm carrying my message. This is my message. And I try to word it that way. This is my experience, strength, and hope. So when I share an AA, I'm not you this or you that and blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to get you saved. I'm here to attract you to what I have. And so often as Christians or in recovery, we beat people up with the book. But there's a lot of times that we're not living it all that well. You know, and we have to learn to live it. And none of us will ever be perfect. But we can carry a message. And the more we carry the message the stronger it becomes in me. You know, through the years, helping people in their purity, helping people get away from immorality, helping people get away from pornography. I can't tell you that there is freedom away from those things if I'm not walking in freedom away from those things. You know, I can't have a secret sin life and then have authority to speak into someone else's life. You know, and there's many a times that the enemy tempts me. I'm human. I'm a man. But in my mind, it's like, no, I can't let go of my convictions in this area because it's going to hurt other people if I let myself go. So I'm carrying a message. And sometimes the person I'm preaching to is myself. That sometimes I have to encourage myself that Jesus is better than pick a sin. Pick a sin. Because in the moment, the enemy and my flesh is trying to convince me that that sin, whatever it might be, is better than Jesus. So I have to carry this message to myself sometimes. That this is working, Tom. That Jesus is setting you free, Tom. That this recovery stuff is real, Tom. Because every now and again, you'll come across somebody and be like, oh, you can have a drink by now, can't you? You know, what if marijuana becomes legal? Are you going to smoke it? I'm like, alcohol is legal. I don't want to drink that. Don't you miss it? I absolutely don't. You know, you don't, how do you have fun? I have tons of fun because I'm not in bondage anymore. You know, and it's like people look at us like, what? They don't understand that you can have fun sober and that actually following Jesus is awesome. They think that we're getting... You know, restricted on some level. But truly, God's not trying to keep us from fun. He's trying to keep us from pain. You know, and as we allow God to keep us from pain, and we practice these principles in all our affairs, before we know it, we're like, wow, I've come a long way. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Depends on how much of a knucklehead you are. but it materializes if you work for it, right? You know, a lot of times we want God to do all the work and we're just sitting around twiddling our thumbs expecting this huge spiritual experience to happen that God's going to give me breakthrough, but I'm going to continue to, to mess around with some area and, my, you know, I'm not going to, you know, really find freedom. I'm not going to work for it. accountability. I'll say I have a sponsor. I say I have accountability partners, but I never talk to those people. 
especially when I'm struggling, because you're going to talk me out of doing what I want to do. So if we're not practicing that principle, how come we're not having freedom? Oh, we're not practicing the principle. The principle is easy. Pick up the phone. The principle is easy. Text message somebody. I'm like, I'm struggling. You know, with social media and the cell phones these days, texting someone is easier than calling someone. And people gravitate to texting more, and it's harder to communicate with people because no one talks to each other anymore. But truly, if you send out a text and say, I'm struggling, instantly there's going to be a handful of people that are praying for it. And yet we can't even do that. I mean, you literally you can put struggling, send. You don't even have to explain it. And if you have people that are close enough to you, they, they're going to know. So there's other principles. Are we practicing them? Are we arresting our thoughts? Are we letting our emotions dictate what's going on around us? You know, that it, it's so important that we're living by principle. You know, as I, I, I look at it, you know, faith to me is a principle. It's not this supernatural, you know, crazy thing. I choose Jesus. 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 And to me, that's faith. Jesus is going to get me through that. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. And every time I pray that, tears start rolling down my face. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. Because everything on the inside of me does not want to trust Jesus. Everything on the inside of me wants to run away. Everything on the inside of me wants to do it my way. Everything on the inside of me wants to run to some sin to make the, the feeling go away or, or to cover the, the pain in the moment. Can be drugs, can be alcohol, can be pornography, can be a relationship, can be cupcakes. You pick it. We all do it. You know, I've noticed recently I, I've gained a lot of my weight, and not a lot, but I've gained 25 pounds back, and it, I'm going through a lot of anxiety. Why am I being anxious? Because I'm not trusting Jesus. You know, and recently I said enough of this, and I started praying, and and things started shifting. And lo and behold, 10 pounds disappeared. How about that? If I let my emotions run, I turn to sin. If I let principles stand, I turn to Jesus. And it doesn't matter what area it is. It can be drugs, alcohol, pornography, food, gambling, whatever it is that we're struggling with these days. Emotions will lead me to that. 100% of the time. Principle will lead me to freedom. But I have to apply it. I have to apply this principle. Whatever the principle is, there's many different principles. You know, I've recently been talking to, to some of the guys, and, and, and when you first get into recovery, the slogans make you pretty angry. At least they did me. You know, one day at a time, you know, you pick a slogan. Let go and let God. You know, it, it, you know, you hear these slogans thrown at you in the time that this too shall pass. You're exactly where you should be. If you say that one more time, I am going to swat you. And I have a verse that is specifically for that. In Luke, it says, violent men take the kingdom by force. And then there's another one in Acts where we're supposed to lay hands on people. And I'll mix those two together and make a Christian bumper sticker, and I'm slapping you in the name of Jesus.
But I've used that principle in making things easy because in those moments of high emotion, my brain don't work real good. So having a little tiny thing that I can bring up to the forefront of my mind when my emotions are telling me to do a lot of stupid stuff, it makes it real easy. Sit still, sit still, sit still, sit still, sit still, sit still, sit still. And I tell you guys to sit still. Don't sin, just sit still. Don't run, just sit still. And it pisses you off. You know what? God told me to sit still. And it pissed me off. It puts me off so much one day, about six years sobriety, I bent my steering wheel because I hit it so hard with my fist because I did not want to sit still. And I told him, you need to say something else. I'm so sick and tired of you telling me to sit still. You know what happens? The Holy Spirit says, you can't manipulate me in your anger, Tom. So have a blast. And I'm like, it's not working. Hold thoughts captive. The rest of the thought holds thought captive. Submit to God. Resist the enemy. Submit to God. Resist the enemy. Submit to God. Peace be on our sin. Peace be on our sin. Peace be on our sin. You know, and you can look them up. You can look up the verses. You know, be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. You know, peace be on our sin. Will come. Thank God. You know, but in the moment, trying to get my brain to say a verse is a lot harder than saying peace be on our sin. Peace be on Peace be on our sin. You know, in dialing things down into slogans, this principle has helped me to have victory in motions when in movements when my emotions are running crazy. Sit still, sit still, sit still. I mean, you may not believe me, but I've literally wanted to quit a million times. I don't want to do this anymore, I don't want to leave this ministry anymore, I don't want to be a pastor anymore. You know, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to leave the state. I'm going to move to California. You know, and it's always in this emotional moment that I come up with these beautiful ideas. You know, I've had emails typed out. I've had text messages typed out. I've been ready to make calls. And it's like right at that moment when you're on the threshold of making a decision, I always hear Jesus say, do you trust me? And it pisses me off because I I have to say yes, but everything that's going on in my life is saying no. So yes, I trust you. You know when he stopped telling me to sit still? When I made the decision to sit still. He hasn't had to tell me to sit still since. Because I made the decision to stop running. From whatever it is. God, I'm doing it your way. And all of a sudden, I resisted the enemy and I submitted to God and said, your will be done. I'm trusting in the sovereignty of God. I started practicing a, a biblical principle in my life that God is in control. That I am not in control. God is in control. And now I can carry a message of sit still when I've wanted to run a million times. You know, that we all have these testimonies of how recovery in Jesus has got us to this point. If you've been coming here on a regular basis for any amount of time, there's faces that aren't here tonight. And maybe they're doing something that they should be, and a lot of people aren't doing stuff that they should be. 
And that's just how this stuff works. You know, in a month from now, there will be different faces in this room. In a month from now, some of your faces will still be here. You know, if I would have counted through the door how many faces have changed since the beginning of the year, I'd probably be in the hundreds. But you know what? The meeting's always the same size. It's interesting. I mean, literally, there can be 50% of you can be different from week to week. And yet the meeting stays right about the same size. Why that is, I don't know. I've seen the meeting up in the 40s. I've seen the meeting at 6. You know, and my emotion says, well, there's nobody here. What's the point? And Jesus said, did I, did I tell you to do this? I'm like, yes. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> okay. You know, a couple of years ago, I was going to Albany every Friday night and planning a celebrate recovery in the rescue mission out there. And I'd get in the car, and it was literally an hour and a half fight with Jesus. This is stupid. I don't want to do this. And I'd get out of the car and be like, hey, everybody, let's talk about Jesus. And God would move. God would move. People would be like, oh, this is awesome. We had, you know, live worship. And people were like, this is amazing. And I'd cry, and Jesus would be talking to me as he's talking to them. I'd get back in the car, and I'd fight with them the whole way home. This is dumb. Why am I wasting my time? And he's like, do you not see what I'm doing? But I want what I want. And a lot of times we're not, we're not trying to carry a message. We just still want what we want. And as long as we're still seeking I want what I want, we're missing the whole opportunity to give away something that's been given to us. And that's freedom. Even if you're brand new to Jesus, you're sitting here on a Friday night instead of somewhere else. So you have more freedom than you realize, even if you're struggling in the fact that you're sitting here and not doing something else. Because sin is bondage. You know, and Jesus is setting us free to bondage. And hopefully we're learning to become a slave to Christ and learn to do things his way because it, it works out so much better for us every single time. You know, as we, we learn to trust in this process, we learn to trust the Word of God. We learn to trust that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing in the moment. We're learning to hear the Holy Spirit. Then leave that alone. Don't text that person. Stay away from that. Start doing this. Go call this person. Go talk to this person. Go read your Word instead of watch TV. And we start paying attention to this stuff that's going on that we think is just random thinking. I've learned that the enemy usually is trying to get me to do something I want to do or, or I think will be a great time. And the Lord's usually trying to get me to do something I don't want to do, but it's going to be awesome. And as we learn to, to practice that principle, that we're recognizing our thinking patterns. You know, AA taught me if I'm thinking about a drink, I'm going to go drink. So if I'm thinking and meditating on sin, whatever it is, pick one that I'm thinking that this cupcake is going to be a great idea right now, that I'm not going to be able to get that cupcake out of my out of my mind. You know, one of the guys in the program says, if I tell you not think about a pink elephant, what pops in your head? A pink elephant. 
So it's not resisting the thoughts necessarily. It's like stay away from this, stay away from that, stay away, stay away, stay away, stay away. I have to replace that thought with something else. And as I focus on Jesus and I learn to practice his principles in all of our affairs, that those thoughts begin to, to get lifted. You know, the obsession to use gets lifted. You know, AA tells us that, you know, the thought of a drink, it's like sticking our hand in a hot flame, we'll recoil from it. Well, sin is like that too. When we want Jesus more than we want sin, when sin pops into our head, we recoil from it and we want Jesus. You know, it's been many years now, but I had probably three or four years sober. And I hadn't really worked. You know, I went in school and I was doing different things. And one summer I took a job and it was making some decent money and I got my first paycheck. You know, and I had the paycheck and nothing was bothering me. And I, I went to the bank and I cashed it. And when the lady handed me the envelope, which had about $700 in it, the first thought, the second my fingers touched that is go get cracked. And I haven't thought of using in years at this point. And I'm like, whoa. And I recognize it instantaneously that the enemy is trying to get me to do something I don't really want to do. But the last time I've had any type of money in my hands, and that, that's what I was doing. So that money triggered my brain. But I instantaneously, Satan, get behind me. I'm like, not today, devil. You know, and we have to recognize how certain times, you know, he waits for that opportune time to, you know, seize the moment when we're emotional or we have a, a trigger or whatever's going on, and the enemy tries to, to set us up to fail. And as we practice this principle of arresting thoughts and bringing it back to Jesus, bringing it back to the Word of God, we say, nope, not today. I'm not falling for that trick. You know, AA tells us it's cunning, baffling, and powerful. The Bible tells you it comes to kill, rob, and destroy. The devil's crafty. He deceives us as an angel of light. He comes with it and tries to give us everything that we think we want. You know, he came to Jesus and said, here, I'll give you everything. He's like, yeah, that's not what the Word says. It is written. And as we begin to speak, it is written over our lives. The enemy can't get at us because we're, we're learning to use the Bible and live by its principles. You know, and meanwhile, I'm trying to sin all the time and just God's supposed to deliver me. No, I have to position myself. Faith without works is dead. You know, that's what AA taught me. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's in the Bible. Like the Bible stole that out of the big book. I'm not even lying. That was my first thought. Because <laughs> I'd read it so many times in AA, and I was new to the Bible. So when I read it in the Bible, I'm like, that's kind of neat. I'm like, oh, wait, the Bible's way older. You know, and the principles in recovery, you know, as I, I learn certain things, that there's a lot of Bible in recovery. And the principle in the Bible tells me is that the word does not come back void. So as I apply the word, whether I get what I want in the moment or not, it's not going to come back void. So that means it's bringing blessing if I just hang on to Jesus. It may not come exactly how I think it's going to come, but my will has brought destruction in my life 100% of the time. So how come now with Jesus I'm still trying to manifest my own will knowing that bad things will come if I do it? 
because I'm still a sinner and I want what I want when I want it. But as I, I learn to practice this principle in my life, that I continue to walk in freedom and I carry this message because my personality has been changed and I've had this experience, you know. The Bible tells me that I need to get born again. But if I'm practicing religion, then this stuff is frustrating you a lot. If you've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, you recognize that there is more to this than just going to a building on a Sunday. You know, and I promise you that this is real. And it doesn't matter where you're at. If you start working these principles in your life, your life will get better. And I guarantee that a drink and a drug, pornography, cupcakes, will make your life worse 100% of the time. It does not matter what it is. You pick sin over Jesus, it's getting worse. Even when we think it's going to be like, yeah, it's just one time. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just pain. And I don't know about you, but many years ago, I made a decision that I was so sick and tired of the devil stealing from me and destroying my life that I decided that I'm surrendering to Jesus. You know, and I tell people all the time that you just need to surrender. And it's like, I did. Obviously not. You know, it's a decision that you're going to do whatever it takes. I took whatever, I did whatever it took when I wanted to sin. Nothing was going to stop me. In many years, sin reaped rampant in my life. And I did not know another way. And lo and behold, here comes recovery. You know, and what AA says, you, you can't drink successfully with a head full of AA and a belly full of beer. You know, you can never be content in your drunkenness ever again. And with a heart full of Jesus, we can't have a life full of sin. It's never going to be fun. You know, I've had discussions with some of you, and it's like, can I just not take the blue pill? Can I just go back to being in the matrix? Can I just go back? No, you really can't. Because you, you do realize that this is better. It just takes some work. You know, and as we learn to use this tool, and if we aren't sure how to use this tool, we should get connected with somebody that's successful with using this tool. That they have victory. That if you want what we have, is what recovery tells us. That you'll go to any lengths to get it. When drug dealers had what I wanted, I would go to any lengths to get it. When the bar had what I wanted, I'd go to any lengths to get it. When sex is what I'd want, I'd go to any lengths to get it. So when how come now with Jesus, every time it gets difficult, I'm ready to quit? I need to learn how to practice these principles. I need to learn to, to, to live a life with Jesus and in recovery of sin. And we're all recovering from sin. It doesn't matter if you're here tonight or not. You know, sin has destroyed every single person's life since the beginning of, of man. Jesus is the only one that sets us free. He's the only one that gives us freedom in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits. But the enemy is angry at us because we have that freedom, and he attacks us. He tries to destroy. 
You know, and we have to learn that we have to keep surrendering, keep surrendering, keep surrendering. And we're powerless over other people. And sometimes other people let the enemy run rampant in their lives and it affects us. And we have to learn to practice different principles in all our pharaohs and giving grace and forgiveness and, and trust in Jesus when everything seems like it's going in the wrong direction. But as we continue to trust Jesus and we continue to carry our message and we continue to, to, to live by these principles and we continue and we continue and we continue to trust Jesus, we have a life better than we could ever imagine. And there's days that you want to give up. There's days that it doesn't feel that great. But what recovery told me is that feelings aren't facts. And I've had to tell myself that principle over and over and over and over and over through the years. Feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. Intellect over emotion. You know, and I broke that down a little bit more is where do we get our intellect? The Word of God. So if I put the Word of God over my emotions, then I'll walk in victory. Principles over personalities. Principles in all our affairs. So I just really encourage you, if you haven't worked steps, it's time to start working some steps. If you haven't done a fourth step, you know, it's time to talk to me and say, let's do this. You know, and I'll really feel, figure out where you're at emotionally, spiritually. Because if you don't have a good relationship with Jesus and you don't have accountability, a fourth step is not ready for you yet. Or you're not ready for it yet. Or both. You know, that it's important that we're learning to practice certain principles. If I don't have accountability in a sponsor or Jesus, I'm not ready to do a lot of this work. So I just really encourage you, you know, that to, to make a self-assessment, uh, you know, it says to be sober-minded, having a clear examination of self. If you're struggling in sin, time to get out of sin. If you haven't worked these steps in your life, maybe it's time to work these steps in your life. You know, I, I promise you that my life is better because of it. And I can give you a handful of people that knew me before I did this, before I had Jesus, and there's a handful of people that have seen me now. And trust me, I'm not perfect. But my life is progressing towards Jesus, and my life continues to get better. And your life should be too. That he's not a respecter of man. That it's him in us that brings us to freedom. It's not, you know, Tom has a special answer. My answer is Jesus, the Bible, steps. That's the, the message that I'm carrying. That's the message that set me free. Other people will try different ways. Good luck. That's not how I did it. That's not how I got freedom. This is how I got freedom. Beyond what I have, I'll teach you how to do it. And it's pretty simple. We make it complicated. You know, we try to overthink it. We try to find an easier, softer way. We try to get around Jesus and do our own thing. And how well does that work? It doesn't. So I just really encourage you to be praying. You know, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired in some area, what's the principle that needs to get worked? What's the step that can, you know, help help you dig that thing out and walk towards freedom? So you just bow your heads with me. Lord, I just thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. I, I thank you for being real and reaching down into the darkness and setting us free. I thank you for revealing this tool many, many years ago to a couple of broken men 
Lord, and through this tool, there's millions of people all over the world that have found freedom. So I, I pray this evening, Lord, that if you haven't worked steps, I, I really encourage you to, to take a step towards Jesus and allow this tool to start setting you free because it helps you to grow with your relationship with him. Lord, I, I pray that you would move this evening in here and help anyone that's struggling in their mind and in their hearts, Lord, and truly surrender whatever it is they're wrestling with, that they trust you more and more each day, that your grace is sufficient and it sets us free and it empowers us to press on towards you. And that even if we've messed up and messed up big recently, that your mercy is new every morning. If we truly repent, that you're faithful and just to remove all unrighteousness. Help us, Lord, to walk in freedom. Help us to grow in our relationship with you. Help us to carry this message in our lives, that people see that we're lights in their darkness, Lord, no matter where we go, that people notice that we're different. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.